Exactly, yeah, yeah, that's, that's next on the list. Morning exercise, all right, everybody, Tony Chestnut, let's go. No, I'm just kidding. Um, first of all, I just, uh, I know it's been said already, but I want to thank every single one of you who has been involved in camp in some way, shape, or form. Uh, to the counselors who volunteered for a week of their summer, to the support staff who went, uh, went up to care for, feed, and help run activities, uh, to everyone who spent time praying, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, this was the first year that uh, Alyssa and I had one of our kids go up during Teens Week. Uh, actually, Alyssa went up to volunteer during Kids Week with our kids. and then. But this was the first time we had a teen, teen there. Um, and, and it's something else as a parent uh, to witness young adults care for and mentor your kids in Christ. And I am so thankful for a community that values, emphasizes, and encourages camp ministry. So, again, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. Um, but before we get any further, uh, to start things off, Jesse, Pastor Jesse cut together a recap video from the footage that we captured this past week at camp to give you a little glimpse into LFBC at Longbow Lake. So we're going to play that video for you.
go. That video is uh, just a few moments of the great time that was had at camp. Um, I wish you could all have been there to experience it with us, but uh, since we couldn't all be there, uh, we are going to spend some time sharing, recapping, and showing you a little about this past week at Living Fountain Bible Camp. Uh, so I want to invite uh, Rhonda, Kara, Rebecca, and Pastor Dion. Whoa, Pastor Dion. That's right, Pastor Dion, to come up and share a few highlights and a little about their experience at Teens Week this last week. I should actually have grabbed a microphone. Oh, look at this. You've lined up in the order that you're going to go. <laughs> All right, so I'm Kara, and I got the opportunity to spend the last two weeks as a counselor at camp. For Kids Week, I got the privilege of counseling the youngest girls, which meant I got to give them their first impression of LFBC. Although this led to an exhausting week, I had so much fun and learned so much. At the beginning of the week, I wasn't sure how well eight-year-olds could read, so I didn't expect much from them doing Bible X. But on the first day, when we asked them to pull out their Bibles, and if anyone wanted to read a few verses, a few of them immediately said yes. We got to teach them how to use the index of their Bibles and watch them slowly figure it out by the end of the week. I loved watching, especially one of our girls, get so excited to read the Bible, and she would even do it quietly under her blankets before she fell asleep. By the last day, she told me she wished she could highlight some verses in her Bible, but it was her mom's, so she couldn't. Luckily, there were extra Bibles, and we were able to give her one of her own, exactly what she had wanted. Another fun thing to watch was the kids doing chapel. I did the actions from the front each day, so I got to watch all the kids participate, and by the last day, kids were going all out and belting those words out like never before. It was so fun to watch them so thoroughly engaged in the chapel sessions, as sometimes at a young age, that can be a hard thing to do. Now on to Teens Week. On one of the nights, we got to do late night worship, and since I was a camper, this has always held a special place in my heart. I love worshiping God through song, and something about this specially set aside time for it and it being dark outside makes it all the more meaningful. We had a girl in our cabin who wasn't really a Christian but still had a Bible, which she did read often if we had a little downtime and seemed intrigued to know more about God. After this worship, worship session during evening devos in our cabin, she brought up the question, what were your guys' favorite worship songs? Although this is such a simple question, it brought a smile to my face and I knew that God was working in her life even if she couldn't fully see it yet. We had another girl in our cabin as well who wasn't a Christian, and it didn't seem like she was super intrigued in knowing more. I've spent a lot of my life surrounded by strong Christians and hadn't had much experience around people who didn't know God or want to know him. After hearing this from this girl, my heart immediately dropped, and I started to realize that I could have the chance to make a little difference in this girl's life and bring her to God. Although I'm not sure anything had changed with her by the end of the week, we can hope that something had, or it will have, an impact on her yet. But this made me realize how much I cared deep down about wanting people to know God and how passionate I am about him. I was blessed with an amazing two weeks and I'm so thankful for the opportunity I got to serve at camp. Yeah, so most of you know I'm Rebecca. So this was my last year at LFPC being a camper, which I'm really sad about because I love camp. I've always loved the environment and, have a, and having a different sort of setting for a week. This year being my last year, it was really emotional for me. It also gave me a lot of memories and highlights. 
Chapel this year was mostly focused on lies and truth, the lies that people tell you and the truths that God tells you. Being a teenage girl can come with a lot of insecurities with the standards of the real world, whether that's body image or how smart you are or how athletic you are, etc. It's really tough because I struggled with a lot of insecurities. So this week when Pastor Tim had, did a sermon about the lies and truths, he had three main points. I am loved by God, I am bought at a price by Jesus Christ, and I am a prized possession. He also talked about us being God's masterpiece and how, we don't, how he doesn't need a relationship with us, he wants it. That really spoke to me, which was a big highlight of this week. But another highlight I had was worship. Don't get me wrong, doing actions with songs is great and all, but there's a big difference when you have a whole camp singing their hearts out to some of the songs, seeing people with their arms in the air up and just praising God. I remember the worship team had started praying, playing Reckless Love and I thought to myself, here come the tears. After the song, when I opened my eyes with mascara on my face and rosy cheeks, I was hugged by my best friends, my counselor, and some of the staff. The support from people at camp is incredible. There are so many people who care about you. I cried a lot during that week, that's for sure. Making new friends, getting closer with old ones, doing old traditions, making new ones, is all part of the LFBC experience. If God gave me the gift to go back in time just once, I would go straight back to camp. I highly suggest that if you ever get the chance to go, go to LFBC, you should go. It has some of the best memories of my life. I had very many highlights from camp, but there's one that really stands out. Two, though, that were also exciting were a well-stocked camp with cleaning supplies as the maintenance person, and also morning hugs for my niece and my nephews. That was always a, a treat. Um, so being a cleaner at camp means we don't really get to see what the campers are doing throughout the day. We are often busy in the main areas while they're at their activities. But this year, Hillary and I were asked to be cabin snoopers, which gave us a fun way to be a part of camp life. A new creativity category was um, brought in and it brought lots of imagination into the cabins and it was fun to see all of the ideas the counselors and campers came up with. We have stories, including those from this one's cabin. <laughs> There was a particular cabin that included several campers that were not Christians or were searching for more. During chapel, Pastor Tim spoke about the lies we believe about ourselves and how God uses um, his word to combat them with truth. There was one morning during our snooping that a cabin had a note on their door inviting us to think about lies that we personally struggle with as cabin snoopers and then to open the door and walk through the chains they had placed there to break free of those lies. They had also created their own personal paper chains on which they wrote their struggles and hung them up in their cabin. The moment we crossed the threshold, we knew we were witnessing something special. It was overwhelming. The cabin was filled with the Holy Spirit. There were three of us that morning and we all had to take a moment to be still. There was not a dry eye. I feel honored to have witnessed that firsthand and then to also be able to encourage those counselors and really affirm what they were doing um, and that it was making such a difference. Those are the moments we as staff work for. That's why we spend all our days up at camp um, to make sure that it runs so that the campers can be introduced and be impacted by our real, tangible, and living God. It's been several years since I've been able to be up at camp, uh, and I was reminded again, I, I knew it, but I was reminded of how much I enjoy it. 
uh, and how much it impacts the kids in our community and surrounding areas who come up there. Uh, I was counseling alone this week and was blessed with a cabin of four great guys, uh, three of them which are from our church. Uh, it was a joy to be able to have fun with them and laugh with them and also to be, be able to take time and go deeper, uh, to dive into Bible X material, uh, memorize verses together, uh, and take the opportunity to go on one-on-ones with each one of them where we could uh, talk about who they really are. Um, sometimes it's hard for them to share in a bigger setting, but one-on-one it's easier and you can see, you see what, they, what they're going through. Um, you can understand more about, about who they are and, and talk about questions they have, encourage them in their day-to-day lives. Uh, and it, it excites me that three of those guys were from our church um, and their relationships that we can continue on uh, throughout rather than just at camp. Uh, one of my top highlights um, was being able to be part of the worship team, uh, which Mike led. Being up on stage during singing is such a powerful time. Uh, many people talk about camp. Um, when people talk about camp, they talk about music being one of their highlights often. It's already been mentioned a couple times. Uh, and it's an impactful thing. Being able to be at the front and look out as kids are singing and screaming and doing actions, uh, seeing them raise their hands, some of them for the first times, um, seeing the emotion come over them is a very powerful thing. Most staff would say, Jesse already said it earlier, that campers are not the only ones that are impacted at a week at camp. They're not the only ones challenged to grow in their faith. Coming to this new pastoral role, I've had many fears, uh, but throughout the week, we all kept being reminded by Pastor Tim, and I'm going to get some of the campers that were all the campers, if you remember, you should remember, Uh, The saying that Pastor Tim said, in our vast universe, God sees, loves you and me. And it was a great encouragement from him. He said it every every evening, every morning at chapel, um, that God sees us, he loves us. Uh, When we have fears, he sees us and he loves us. Uh, We talked a little bit about Peter walking on water with his eyes fixed on Jesus. Uh, And that's my goal as I step into this new position to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus, and it was a great reminder throughout camp uh, that that is our focus. Jesus is our focus. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing and uh, giving. Yes, I agree. Give them a round of applause. I agree. I was uh, I was choking up over here at the, as you guys were sharing us. Trying not to look at you, so. <laughs> but it, it is, it really, uh, it was just a fantastic week. Um, so many things we got to experience, uh, life-changing and life-giving things. Um, so before I begin, though, let's just pause uh, for a word of prayer. Father God, I want to thank you for your presence here with us. I want to thank you how you worked how you continue to work through camp, through the young men and women who volunteered their time, through the leaders. Uh, God, you are at work, and it is amazing to see that and experience it. God, I pray this morning that as I, as I speak, um, God, that um, ears would be open to hear what you have to say. God, that you would speak through me and that I would get out of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. I love hearing testimonies of God at work at camp, like we just heard. They strengthen my faith. 
They give me confidence in times of doubt when I look at the state of the world and I worry about what the future holds for our community. And as, as, as a community, we grapple with tough issues, complicated issues. And it's testimonies like we've heard this morning that give me hope for the future of my children as I pray that God will work in their hearts and call them to himself just like he did for me when I was their age. You see, just like for many of you, camp played a significant role in my spiritual development. I've shared before how I struggled with assurance of faith, how I was so afraid that I wasn't good enough for God to save me, how I rededicated my life to Christ almost every night. But God spoke to me at camp through the speaker and through the words of Paul in Romans 8 that nothing, absolutely nothing, can separate me from God's love. And I was struck again by that promise as Pastor Tim Ryan spoke, simple reminders of how God loves us in his sessions this week. And you already heard some of that shared here uh, from, from staff. Our theme was built around God's grandeur in our massive universe. And as researchers continue to be baffled as they study space and, and the vastness of the expanding cosmos, we realize how small we are. And yet, as Pastor Tim reminded us daily, and you can say it with me, in our vast universe... God sees, loves you. And in our vast universe, God sees, loves me. It's such a simple reminder, but it's so profound. This, one, uh, this week, one evening, we were, we were settled around the campfire um, as staff, debriefing the day. I, I had missed most of the conversation to tuck my son into bed. But I sat down and I just listened. I listened to the testimonies of staff and, and how significant this week of camp was to them. How they needed this. How, this. how they wished others would come to experience what it's like to be part of singing in a small chapel with 80 teens and pre-teens worshiping God like no one is watching them. No one's judging them. God just feels so close at camp. And I sat back again, and I pondered why. Why is it that God seems closer at camp? Why can't we experience that closeness every day? I mean, that's my testimony too. A mountaintop experience at camp, and then all too often the slow fall back into the mundane of normal life. Or back to battling the same issues, the same doubts. It seems, it seems it's actually a tale as old as time. We have examples in the Bible, much more intense examples of variations of this same struggle. It's Moses coming back down from the mountain with, ten, with the Ten Commandments in hand, only to see the people are back to worshiping a golden calf. It's Elijah running down the mountainside to, running down the mountainside to hide and begging God to take his life. If you read that story, it's crazy. Right after he just saw God send fire down from heaven. It's Peter de denying Jesus three times right after he was just standing up for him in the garden. It happens too quickly. The passionate fire that is in our hearts for Christ starts to fade as the spiritual gravity of this world pulls us down. But why? Why does it seem that God is more at work at camp than at home? Why do we experience a spiritual high and then fall back into our routine? Why is it that we long for this closeness with God that we feel at camp, 
but we can't seem to find it in the ordinary. This morning, I want to ponder that a little with you. What does it take to live the camp life all the time? How do we sustain the closeness with God when camp is over? Now, first of all, don't get me wrong, living from one mountaintop experience to the next is not sustainable. I mean, I just talked about a number of extreme biblical examples of people who had mountaintop experiences only to sink into the deepest of valleys and almost immediately afterward. Practically speaking, the air is too thin up there and there isn't food and water that you need to survive on the mountaintop. Sooner or later, you must come back to reality. Life is simply not one long mountaintop experience. Every one of us goes through highs and lows of life. That is simply reality. But I firmly believe that how we take what we have learned and experienced on the mountaintop back down into the normal of life is the difference maker to continual and sustainable spiritual growth. So how do we live the camp life? First, I believe the biggest difference between camp and normal life is the amount of undivided and dedicated time that we give to God. What other time in your life have you set aside specific time like you do at camp to be in prayer, to be in his presence, to spend time in worship? Is that something you do daily? In my life, the times when I have felt the closest to God have almost always been when I have prioritized being in his presence, pursuing him in prayer and spending time in worship. On Friday, I, uh, <laughs> I entered the dining hall as the box of phones was being brought out, and it was like a flock of pigeons to some breadcrumbs. One teen saw the box, and suddenly there was a swarm. And I just thought to myself, what a wonderful thing it would have been if we had grabbed all those devices and used them as skipping stones across the lake. Here, here. I mean, I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone. I'm tied to my devices for work, for communication, and a lot of other good and useful things. But with it comes a whole host of distractions, comparisons, coveting, temptation. And sometimes I wonder if the good outweighs the bad. But if you want to live that camp life daily, you need to be disciplined Set aside your devices, put away your distractions, and spend time in the presence of God. Jesus gave us that example clearly. We see him time after time after time heading off to be with the Father, getting away from the crowds and the hustle and the bustle to pray, to be in the presence of God. And if you can, find time to worship daily, to sing like you did at camp at the top of your lungs, to play with all your heart, to do whatever it is with all your heart, to worship God with everything you have to the best of your ability. That's point number one. Second, number two, if you want to live the camp life, you must prioritize learning about God. At camp, we call it Bible X or Bible exploration. Time set aside to learn something new, to read the word and find out how to apply it to your life. In 2 Peter 1 verse 3 to 8, you can turn there in your Bibles if you have them along. 
Second Peter 1, verse 3 to 8, it says this. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It seems that Peter has learned a thing or two after his mountaintop experiences. If you want to do that as well, take his advice and continue to add to your faith knowledge. And with that new understanding, he says, he says to add self-control and perseverance, which to me sounds an awful lot like after you learn something, you need to apply it. Brothers and sisters, if you want to live the camp life daily... Be disciplined in your study of Jesus' teachings and apply them to your life. Number three, one of the big differences between camp and the normal is who you're spending your time with. We experience God in community. God has designed us for fellowship, and if you want to maintain your spiritual growth, you need to surround yourself with godly friends, with good Christian friends. Friends who encourage you in your walk with Christ, who will pray with you and challenge you to go deeper in your faith, who will keep you accountable and be vulnerable with you to be held and be vulnerable with you to be held accountable in return. I want to do something a little fun here this morning. How many of you brought a Bible? We're going to do a little sword drill. All right. Let's see. Swords up. Here we go. By the spine. By the spine. All right, man, lots of you guys must be on your phones. All right, here we go. Psalm 1, verse 1. Charge. Oh, here we go. You want to read it for us? Here, here, let me pat. Psalm 1, verse 1. With mockers. One more time. The oh, mic was off. Okay. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Oh, there we go. And what team are you? The Duick team. Woo! Round of applause. There we go. See, look at this. It's almost like camp. Except there was only like, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> All right. Proverbs 27, verse 15 says, As iron sharpen irons, so one person sharpens another. And Hebrews 3, I think I have it here. Hebrews 3, verse 13 uh, says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And in 1 Corinthians 15, I have to, I have to do this because Pastor Tim said, if, if your pastor isn't reading from the Bible, you've got to call him out on it. So uh, there you go. I'm doing it. And this time, 
I'm getting the right passages. <laughs> we had a situation at camp where Jesse gave me some verses to read uh, to help prepare for worship. And I looked at the verse that was written on the paper and I looked at the verse in my Bible and I jumped over to the wrong passage and it was wrong and it was just wrong and I couldn't get it in my head and Pastor Tim had just said make sure that they're reading from the Bible and I was like this is Jesse you messed me up but uh, it was my mistake um, anyway that is completely aside First uh, Corinthians 15 verse 33 uh, says this do not be misled bad company corrupts good character it is so important that you spend time in community and surround yourself with strong Christian friends. Now, that said, don't hear me saying that you shouldn't spend time, be kind, loving, and build friendships with non-believers. That is not what I'm saying. We know that's not the example that Jesus gave. He sat with those on the margins and with sinners to bring them hope and help them through their hurt and pain. But... I believe you need your best friends to be ones who build you up in your faith and encourage you in your walk with Christ. It is so important. Along those same lines, if you want to live the camp life, seek out a spiritual mentor. Just like at camp, find a counselor that you can look up to, someone who cares about your spiritual growth and has wisdom to share. Don't be afraid to approach someone here at Pleasant Valley who, who you trust and has evidence of the fruits of the Spirit in their lives, and ask them, will you mentor me? Allow them to teach you from the things that they have already learned so that you don't have to stumble along and make the mistakes that they may have already made. It's that counselor mentality, right? And fourth and finally, I believe we need to choose joy. I think one of the biggest differences between camp and the real world is the attitude of joy that exists among everyone. For a week, we drop the negativity and we focus on the positive. We get together and we just have fun. We allow ourselves to be silly and to laugh uncontrollably. We cheer on our teammates and we high-five our friends. But not only that, we also work at challenges and we have fun overcoming obstacles together in teams, sometimes making competitions that are nothing, but it's still joyful and it's fun. Now, not all of life can always be fun, and we won't always feel happy. That's not what I'm saying. I believe there's a difference between the emotion of happiness and joy. There's something different there. We can't live our lives on good vibes, happy emotions, and blissful ignorance. That's not the point, but rather our attitudes play a huge role in how we respond to the challenges of the normal. James <clears throat> chapter 1, verse 2 to 5 says this. Ooh, should have put these bookmarks in a different spot here. James chapter 1, 2 to 5. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. In our world, we have a tendency to avoid trials. 
We run away from difficulty and try to distract ourselves with the next shiny thing or numb our pain with substances that often lead to addiction as we try to escape from internal or external pressures. James here helps us to change our perspective instead. You see, as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we see things in a different light. We see things from God's point of view. So instead of wallowing in our struggle, instead we realize that God is at work. We recognize that he is faithful, and it fills us with a joy that only he can bring. So if we want to live that camp life in the normal, I believe we need to change our attitudes and seek joy in our circumstances. From my experience, I know that living the camp life daily is not easy. It takes effort. It takes perseverance. And there will be days when God doesn't feel as close as he did at camp. That is part of the reality of this fallen world. But I believe that if you set aside dedicated time for God, prioritize learning about him, surround yourself with godly friends, and choose joy, that you will be able to continue the spiritual growth that has already started at camp, that you will have more days that are like camp than days that aren't, and that you will find fullness, richness, and purpose in your life as you seek to follow the example of Jesus Christ. So where are you at this morning? Are you tired of feeling distant from God? Maybe it's time for you to go to camp, or at least start living like you're at camp. Amen.